Last week, we talked about intentional song structure, and we talked about the big three song sections. We had our verses, we had our chorus, and our bridge. So in this episode, in this follow-up, we are going to be talking about intentional song structure, but with some of the less common song sections. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy week, your busy day, talk songwriting with me. Just the fact that songwriting is something important enough to you that you would listen to any podcast is something that pumps me up because I care about the craft of songwriting. I'm glad you care about it enough to listen to an entire podcast on songwriting which, you know, probably means you're signing up for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that of straight songwriter talk. And of course, extra honored that you would choose to listen to this one for obvious reasons. So if you haven't already, be sure to grab my free guide, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Talks about 10 different ways to start writing a song. If you're new to songwriting, it will help you because, well, (laughs) you want to start writing some songs. How about 10 ways? If you're more seasoned, it should help you as well. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge fan of starting songs in different ways because sometimes you're just inspired in different directions. Sometimes if you just sit with your guitar all the time, you start to do the same chord progressions over and over, and then you start to feel like you're not inspired anymore. But simply starting your song from a different standpoint, maybe starting from the lyrical side instead of the musical side as you usually do, simply changing up what instrument you write with. So many little changes can go a long way, both in how your songs turn out, uh, but also in how creative you feel, whether the muse visits you or not. So be sure to check that out, songwritetheory.com slash free guide. Five ways, musical standpoint, five from a lyrical standpoint. In this episode, we are talking about some of the less common parts of a song. And it's fitting that the first two song sections we're going to talk about here are directly linked to what is indisputably the most important part of modern music for song sections which is the chorus, right? The, the chorus is the most important. We can like pretend like the first or second verse is as important as the chorus or the bridge is as important as the chorus, but it's not. And we all know it's not. The chorus, just from a practical standpoint, the chorus usually is the high point of the song as far as the overall energy of it. And the biggest part of the song, it's almost always the part of the song that's going to repeat the most, both musically and lyrically. If you think of your standard song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, uh, the verse musically repeats a second time, but the lyrics are different. But the chorus repeats both musically and lyrically, not twice, but three times. So no matter how we slice it, chorus is the most important. Talked about that last week. So it makes sense that one of the newer song sections that we have is a pre-chorus. And the pre-chorus is what I would deem the build semi-section. 
So first, why do I call it a semi-section? So I call it a semi-section just because really a pre-chorus is not usually a fully fleshed song section lengthwise. So what I mean by that is if you were to average out how many, say, seconds or bars a verse lasts and a chorus lasts, and then compare that to how long a pre-chorus lasts, your pre-chorus is almost never going to be as long as your chorus and certainly not as long as your verse. Very often a pre-chorus will be half or even sometimes a quarter the length of your verse and probably half, maybe even a quarter the length of your chorus. Sometimes it's even just a single line or sometimes it's something like two or four bars, something very, very short. So overall, it is a song section, but in a way, it's sort of a semi-section because it's not quite as full a song section as a verse, a chorus, or a bridge. But overall, what's a pre-chorus? A pre-chorus is a song section that precedes the chorus, hence pre-chorus, right? And it usually primarily or exclusively operates as a bridge from a verse into the chorus. So if your song has a pre-chorus, usually that means that there will never be a, a time that your verse leads directly into your chorus. It always must bridge over the pre-chorus for any of your verses to get to a chorus, which if you just have a standard song structure without a pre-chorus, then your verse needs to lead directly into your chorus. A pre-chorus sort of removes the need for that, right? It, because it's a special section or semi-section that is exclusively there to bridge a verse to a chorus. Now, sometimes you would also use a pre-chorus from, say, a bridge back into a chorus, which ultimately, that's, that's why it's important that's called a pre-chorus, Right? It's called a pre-chorus rather than a post-verse for a reason. Because as a song section, it fundamentally belongs to the chorus, not the verse. Right? So this is why if, if it was a post-verse, it wouldn't make sense if your bridge went to a post-verse, which literally would mean after-verse, because it's not after a verse, it's after a bridge, and then went into the chorus. Right? So... And that may seem pedantic, and in a way, I guess it is, but I think it's important to, to recognize that a pre-chorus is not simply a section that is between a verse and a chorus. It is that, largely, but it fundamentally is something that more so belongs to the chorus. So when should we utilize a pre-chorus? One... one reason to use a pre-chorus or time to use a pre-chorus would be if your verse and chorus utilizes the exact same or a very similar chord progression, then a great way to break it up so that it doesn't just feel like there's one chord progression going on forever and ever and ever is simply to have a pre-chorus. Because just by having a pre-chorus that deviates from the verse's chord progression, now, when that verse chord progression comes back in the chorus, it's not going to seem eye roll worthy, like, oh, here we go again. It's still the same chord progression because you already had a bit of a change up. So now you can sort of go back 
to the chord progression you had before. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying you should do this. You certainly, to take it to the extreme, can have a true four chord song where like the entire song is just a single chord progression that's four chords long over and over and over again. You can do that. If you're new to songwriting, I would even encourage you, like for your first song, make it easier on yourself. Pick one chord progression and go. You know, maybe just have two verses and a chorus or three verses and a chorus. Don't even force yourself to write a bridge. Basically, one chord progression, come up with two or three different melodies on top of it, depending on whether you want to have a bridge or not. Um, so two would be if you just have verses, so verse melody and choruses, a chorus melody. Three, if you also want a bridge. Um, so that's great for new songwriters. And certainly as well, it's something to maybe mix in sometimes as a seasoned songwriter. But intentionally, for example, if, if you have one chord progression for all of your song sections, something that you can do with that much more easily is layer in the vocals of your different sections. So if you want a section at the end of your song where the chorus melody is going and you're singing that, and then one of your backing vocals is you singing the verse again, and then you also have a, a vocal that's singing what the bridge was or something like that. Um, you, you can do that very easily because they all were built on top of the same chord progression. Um, there are other reasons to do it as well. Don't want to dive too deep into that. That's not really the point of what we're talking about here. But one reason to use a pre-chorus is simply to break it up a bit if your chorus and your verse have the exact same chord progression. Another reason or another time when we should utilize a pre-chorus is when the listener needs a bit more context than the verse provides before getting to the chorus. So this is a lyrical reason. Because sometimes your verse may say something like, I don't know, we have everything, a beautiful marriage. And then your chorus is about, and you suck, and you, you know, you're the worst. Uh, which might be a little bit confusing if you didn't have the pre-chorus in the middle that said, I don't know, you cheated on me or you left me, blah, 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 right? So there's a transition of like, you said all these nice things and then there's the little twist of like, but you threw it all away, boom, pre-chorus. And then now you've led into the chorus where you can talk about how much you don't like that person anymore or something. Um, maybe someday I won't just use exclusively like darker song analogies, but <laughs> it's basically almost all my songs are, Cup half full is like the the brightest I ever get. So forgive me for that. If you're a bright and cheery, write all the happy songs type of person. But hope, hopefully you get the point regardless. So sometimes you just need that little extra piece of information uh, because you're just going straight from the information that's given in the verse straight into the chorus can be confusing unintentionally. Uh, and I say unintentionally just because theoretically there could be a situation where you intentionally want there to be a little bit of confusion even after the chorus is done the first time, where maybe you have this big reveal that's happening in the bridge later in the song when the person's supposed to be like, oh, I get it now, which would sort of be, you know, the equivalent of like the prestige, the movie, if you've seen it, fantastic. You spend the whole movie basically confused and that's intentional until the big reveal at the end makes it all make sense to the point that now you kind of want to rewatch the movie you just watched because now you have all the pieces and you want to see how 
the pieces were put together. So if you're intentionally doing that in your song where you have a big reveal at the end of the song and it's supposed to be confusing, that's different. But for a lot of songs, we usually don't want confusion by the time the chorus has come because we've talked about the main theme already in the chorus. So it should be clear what's going on in the song. Another reason would be if there's an awkward transition between the verse and the chorus, maybe with, say, voice leading. It could be the case that the vocal from the verse doesn't lead directly into the chorus very well. Um, you know, maybe the pitch range is significantly different. And as a vocalist, you need a little bit of help. You need a, a little section to sort of put your voice in a pitch range sort of in between where the verse is and where the chorus is so that you can nail the notes you need to in the chorus live or or just, you know, be able to do it more well or just make it sound less awkward because it can be awkward if there's a huge transition. It also can be intentionally done where they're, in, in fact, for the longest time, I didn't use pre-choruses uh, almost intentionally because I like having the lower verses and then boom, I metaphorically slap you in the face with a big chorus um, because there, it it makes the chorus appear bigger if you have because everything's sort of relative. So if your verse is really small and you don't have a pre-chorus to have some build, so instead you're essentially instead of walking up the steps, right? You're running up the steps where you you skip over a step, so you take a giant step up, and and that can really help create some epicness for the chorus. But you may not want that effect. And if you don't, a pre-chorus is a great solve for that. So how should we utilize a pre-chorus? We should use it as the transitional setup section for a chorus. So there's two parts in there, right? Transitional, we want it to be a section that probably transitions from verse to chorus and helps make that transition smoother. And then specifically, we do want to set up the chorus, both lyrically and musically. In fact, oftentimes the la we want to tailor the pre-chorus and the last chord specifically to set up the first chord of the chorus. An example that I give a lot, but you may be new here, so it's very common in the pre-chorus to completely avoid the one chord and to actually end the pre-chorus on a five chord because oftentimes a chorus will start with a one chord. If you don't know what that means, basically in C major, a one chord or tonic chord would just be C major. It's exactly what the key is named after. And then five is just you count up five notes and use that chord. So C is one, D is two, E is three, F is four, G would be five. So if you have a song in C major, if you end your pre-chorus on a five chord, a G major chord, and then the first chord of your chorus chord progression is a one chord that will be a powerful transition that helps to really make the point that like hey the chorus is the main point boom here we are this is the main part of the song so when we're thinking about how we're setting up the chorus in our pre-chorus this is the type of thing to think of you should never just really have rules that you always apply to songs it can be very limiting, uh, but if 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 there were a rule in quotes to use, it would be avoid the one chord in the pre-chorus, use things like four chord and five chord, and then utilize the one chord in the chorus. Um, 
so so that you're making the point that hey the course is the main point and and you're really making the point that, hey the pre-course is leading to something but it definitely is not a main point so we can utilize a pre-course also for voice leading intentionally really you know smoothing over the the pitch difference between your verse and your chorus we talked about that if there's an octave between your verse average range pitch range for your vocal and the the choruses you know, pick something in between so that you go up something like, oh, I went up a fourth to the pre-chorus and then the fourth again to the chorus. That's not so stark compared to just jumping up an octave for the chorus. So utilize it as a stepping stone vocally and energy-wise to the chorus. Another thing you can do, though, and it's something that, based on what I said before, probably wouldn't surprise you that I like to do, is to actually have a pre-chorus that brings the energy down from the verse that way the chorus explodes even more, right? Because if, if your verse is, say, a 5 out of 10 in energy, and then your pre-chorus takes it down to a 2 out of 10, and then your chorus is a 9 out of 10, that transition from a 2 out of 10 energy to a 9 out of 10 energy is going to make it sound absolutely massive. Little uh, trick I heard about for mixing. I don't remember who told me this. It might be my friend Felix. I don't remember. Um, maybe it was something I just saw online. But... It's a trick that apparently some mixers will use. They help the chorus sound even bigger by actually reducing the volume at the end of a verse. At the very end, they like cut the volume a little bit just so that it artificially makes the chorus sound even more massive. So, you know, that's a mixing decision. It's a little bit different than what we're concerned about as songwriters usually, but something that we definitely can learn from. Hey, if we, if we want to make our chorus explode, bring that pre-chorus down. So I mentioned that we're talking about two different song sections that are directly linked to the chorus. So of course, the next one we're going to talk about here is the post-chorus. And this is what I would call the chorus extension semi-section. So are you using the term semi-section again? Because again, a post-chorus tends to be more of like a half section, uh, just lengthwise. It's, it's not lesser of a section necessarily, um, but it certainly is smaller of a section generally. And overall, a post-chorus, what is it? Really, it's an extension of a chorus, which is why it's sort of more of a semi-song section than a true song section, because it very much is the after party to the chorus. This is, this is the most common analogy that those of us who teach songwriting talk about, but I, honestly, I think it's the best analogy. So while I like coming up with my own on this one, I'm just going tried and true. It's the after party, right? It's you, you're at a work party. You're with your spouse and your friend and their spouse, whatever. And you're like getting along great. You're all enjoying hanging out together. You kind of want to, you're introverts. You kind of want to get away from the whole big party. Okay, that part of the analogy is not very good. Let's say the, the, the work party's ending, right? But you're still having fun and you want to keep it going a little bit longer. That's what a post-chorus is. A post-chorus is like, hey, the chorus is over. I said what I needed to say, but I want to keep the vibe and the energy of the chorus going for a little bit longer. Another analogy would be like an encore at a concert, right? The, the, the band you like played 10 songs during the concert. Then they left the stage. And then everybody claps for five minutes 
just for the charade of like, we all know you're coming back out, right? Your journey and you haven't played Don't Stop Believing. Of course, you're going to play Don't Stop Believing. Or you're five for fighting and you haven't played 100 years or Superman or, you know, you're Coldplay and you haven't played Clocks. So then they come back out and play another sometimes one song or two songs or three songs. It's sort of this idea of like the encore is not a, co- a separate concert, right? And it's not a full concert the way the first part was, which is why you wouldn't call it an intermission because an intermission kind of implies equal sections on either side, right? It might be two third and one third, maybe. But like, you know, theoretically an intermission is something like watch half the play, then there's an intermission, then there's a second half to the play. This is not this, right? It's like the concert is basically over, but then we have this after-party concert, this little extension of, of the concert. That's the encore. And that's basically what your post-chorus is for your chorus. It shouldn't feel very distinct from the chorus. And in fact, very often a post-chorus will share the same chord progression and largely the same instrumentation as the chorus. Very commonly, you will straight up as far as the music is concerned, just continue the chorus music. If you have a chorus chord progression, you just keep it going most of the time. Not all the time. Uh, in fact, not doing this would be a great way to have post-choruses that sound different than usual. Uh, but most of the time, that that it, it, it operates something like that. Or, or it may alter like one chord in the chord progression, but it largely is the same. And often, really, the only difference is you're replacing the the chorus has a full blown melody and lyrics, and a post chorus often is pared down. It's 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 way smaller. It usually is just a single repeated hook. Very often, that single repeated hook does isn't even a vocal hook. It will be a synth hook. In fact, in EDM, it's often called like a drop, uh, or sometimes they literally call it the hook where they have a chorus that has vocals and then vocals actually drop out and the biggest, most epic part of the song is where the synth comes in in the drop or the post-chorus right after the chorus because, well, post-chorus. And it doesn't have lyrics at all, but that's the biggest part of the song and it sort of continues the chorus party going. It's a little bit different because at that point, I would argue that it is it is kind of a post-chorus, but it kind of isn't a post-chorus. It, the reason they call it a hook or a drop is because it actually is the biggest part of the song. It's even bigger than the chorus. Whereas a post-chorus, I would say by definition is, is as big as the chorus, not, not really bigger or certainly not significantly bigger. Um, but even if there are, is a vocal part, almost always it's, it's very simple. It's a single vocal hook over and over, uh, like Ed Sheeran, Ooh, I'm in love with the shape of you or whatever it is, but in shape of you, there's a post chorus and it's used to repeat the same line over and over again. So it's one melodic hook that he does over and over like three or four times. And that's the post chorus. So how should we utilize a post chorus? Sometimes, if the chorus is fairly reserved, maybe a pretty small chorus, not something that's super epic or big, then we can actually utilize a post-chorus in the way that I just mentioned, as a drop or a hook, as they would call it in uh, a lot of EDM music. And certainly that has bled into pop quite a bit. Um, the, the, the line between EDM and pop continues to uh, seemingly get smaller, well, in a way, it seems like it's opening back up again. But regardless, 
I think the, the fact that seemingly every pop song has a post-chorus right now seems to have come from when EDM became a big player in pop music in like the early 2010s. Because uh, if you look at music like 15, 20 years ago, there was very few post-choruses, especially compared to now. Now you almost it's almost like the status quo, um, specifically with pop stuff. But anyway, if you have a fairly reserved chorus, you can have a post-chorus to 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 really bring in that drop where it actually is the biggest part of the song. Or if we have short song sections and we have time to be able to kind of keep the chorus party going a bit longer, but we don't really want to make the chorus longer, right? There's not more to say lyrically or the melody is complete. It feels like it would just be redundant if we tried to like add more to the melody. It just feels like the chorus is just right. It says what it needs to say, um, but we want to keep the party going from the chorus. But we don't ha want to have to repeat the chorus, which certainly is something that is especially uh, before the rise of the post-chorus recently, uh, it was really common to just straight up repeat a chorus, you know, twice in a row. Um, be very common to have verse one chorus, verse two chorus, and then repeat the chorus that second time. And they certainly still do that a lot, but it's a little less necessary when you have a post-chorus because a post-chorus can help to keep the chorus party going, but it actually does change it up so you're not straight up repeating the chorus. Um, another thing is if you don't have a bridge, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus can get pretty dry. In fact, I would argue it's kind of tough to pull off a song that stays interesting where it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Because there's three verses and it's just the couplet of verse chorus just repeats three times in a row. And, you know, just one bridge to break that up does a lot for a song. This is why bridges are almost always in songs. But if you don't have a bridge or you feel your song shouldn't have a bridge for whatever reason, a great way to break it up is to have a post-chorus instead. It's very common to have a post-chorus that only plays after the second chorus. So it would be very common to have verse, chorus, and then straight back into the second verse, and then chorus, and now to add the post-chorus. And then you could get away with, you know, post-chorus, uh, and then maybe go to back to a verse, and then go back to a chorus, and then do a post-chorus again. And then you don't really need a bridge, and you still had a lot of change-up in your song. Now, this... Overall, probably should be most dictated by your your lyrics, I would say. Um, if, if your chorus said what it needed to say, nothing needs to be added, there's nothing you want to harp on for a little longer, then either don't have a post-chorus or have a post-chorus that is simply musical, perhaps. Um, if you feel you want to double down on a lyric that you had in your chorus, sure, make that the hook in your post-chorus as well, or an altered version of it. If you feel there was something you didn't address in any of your other song sections that you think could be added at the end of your chorus, uh, but you know your chorus is already done, spoken for, it's already has a fully fleshed out melody and lyrics, uh, then perhaps a post-chorus is the place to have it. Or if you have a killer hook that you want to deliver, um, as, as well as possibly a line, as we just said, um, 
but you don't you don't have time in your course. You you just didn't have an opportunity in your course, but you still have this killer hook sitting around. Uh, you know, hey, if that killer hook is something worth sort of centering your song on as well as the chorus you already have, that could be a perfect place to have it. Have have that killer hook in your post course. And then finally, how should we utilize a post chorus? Overall, a way to double down on the main lyrical point of the chorus or to add a lyrical point to the chorus that you didn't really get an opportunity to make in the chorus or a way to keep the, the chorus party going a little bit longer. And another thing is to add a little more change to the song. Thinking of it purely sort of scientifically, let's say we have two four-minute songs. One four-minute song is the standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, right? And in that whole song, we have three totally distinct song sections. We're not going to distinguish different verses, so we're just talking musically, right? So we have three musically distinct song sections in a four-minute song. And we have effectively, if we were to qualify a song section as musically new or old, with old meaning, hey, we've already heard this melody and chord progression in this song. We have new, new, and then old, old, new, old, right? So there's a, there's a lot of old. There's not a ton of new. It, you know, it's fine. It's tried and true. Nothing wrong with that song structure at all. But it can be nice if we say add a pre-chorus and a post-chorus, we have verse, pre-chorus, chorus then maybe we don't do the post-chorus the first time. We've already had three brand new sections in a row. It's fine to go back to a verse. All right, so we go first time having an old section. We've already had three new sections right at the beginning. So then we have verse two, and then pre-chorus again, and then chorus again. Okay, so we had a a, a trio that repeated. We had verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and then copy and paste. But this time, instead of going back into a verse to start maybe a third trio, now we have a post-course. Ooh, that's something new we haven't heard before. And then maybe we have a bridge. That's something new again. And then maybe we go to a verse and then a pre-course and a chorus again. So in a four-minute song, we fit in so many different changes, right? I mean, I mean, I didn't add those up and I didn't think to write this part down, which that's on me, but I'm pretty sure we have double the song sections in the same amount of time or close. So, so that means naturally there's going to be just more changes in the course of a four-minute song, which just like changing images with like TV, you know, for instance, you know, the reason why TV is so addicting is they film it such that shots are changing every, you know, like two seconds or whatever it is where, you know, this, this, con- this is why if, if, you have, if you've ever been like trying to sleep or you're in a room sort of connected to a TV room and it's dark, right? You have the lights out and you notice that just the the brightness of the TV is changing and adjusting constantly, just constantly. Um, There's a reason for that, right? And and this is effectively the the song version of that. Um, So that that certainly can be another way to utilize a post-chorus. Now, I probably shouldn't have to say this. Maybe I don't have to say this, but as with everything, uh, the craft of songwriting and the craft of really anything is sort of a mixture of sort of art and science and, and, and 
you know, in a way we should care about holding the, we should care about holding the listener's attention, but we shouldn't care about like artificially manufacturing a hit, which isn't even a real thing. But even if it were a real thing, you know, we should do what is right for the song. So if you're thinking, oh, that's a total song hack, just every song, I'm going to have as many song sections as possible. Like, don't, don't do that. (laughs) First, it probably won't work. Because if your song really shouldn't have a pre-chorus or post-chorus, it will be obvious. People will be like, what was that? I would have just rather heard the second verse than this stupid post-chorus that didn't do anything and feels like it was just there for a reason. So always be intentional, right? Um, we talk about that a lot, so I won't I won't bother you with it anymore. Next, refrain. So the refrain is what I would consider the chorus-free repetition. So what is a refrain? Well, first, technically. I had a video breaking this down, so if you want a little bit more on refrains, go check that out. I think the video is called like Chorus versus Refrain. But technically, any part of a song that repeats lyrically and musically is a refrain. So technically, a chorus is a refrain, assuming it it has the exact same lyrics every time. Technically, also, a pre-chorus, if all the pre-choruses have the same lyrics, which is pretty common, uh, that, that also would be technically a refrain. And a post-chorus, if it has the same lyrics, would technically be a refrain. So, obviously, the term refrain is not super useful when a chorus, a pre-chorus, and a post-chorus all are would be considered refrains. So, often, the way we use the term refrain these days is effectively to mean a refrain that is not a chorus, pre-chorus, or post-chorus, which is really the olden sense of a refrain and where the term refrain really comes from, which is really just usually a repeated line that is often in the verses of our songs. So before choruses became a popular rhyme in a song, now when I say rhyme, I mean just the the idea of repetition. So George Lucas talked about how he wanted his prequel trilogy for Star Wars to, quote, rhyme with the original trilogy, utilizing parallelism. And so parallelism is effectively what we get from having a chorus, right? We have a verse, we talk about something, then we come to a chorus, our main point. Then we talk about something else in the second verse, and then come back to our main point, paralleling our our first chorus with, well, a second chorus that usually has the exact same lyrics. So it's a a form of parallelism, really. And before choruses were even a thing, we had refrains, which refrains are really more of a holdover from poetry because songs ultimately are, in a sense, just poetry put to music. In a sense, it's something more. In a way, I would argue it's something less, uh, simply because Unfortunately, a lot of modern songs seem to forget that is supposed to be poetry, uh, aka the lyrics should be good and meaningful and not just throwing together random words that technically fit with the syllables with the meter. Like there's more to lyrics than that. We should care about lyrics more than that. Uh, because originally, right, songs effectively were poems put to music. That's the origin of songs is poems put to music sung with melodies. And even that is not a, like it, but before, we had stuff before melodies even. Um, but anyway, when we think of the classical sense of refrains, it's something that came 
from poetry with something like, say, Oh, Captain, My Captain by Walt Whitman. The first two stanzas of the poem both open with, Oh, Captain, My Captain, right? So it gives this parallelism. And then the final stanza says, My Captain Does Not Answer instead of, Oh, Captain, My Captain. Um, so it gives this like sense of parallelism and identity so that it makes sense that his poem is called, Oh, Captain, My Captain, because that's the only part that that totally repeats. Um, well, technically some other parts repeat as well, like fallen, cold, and dead, I believe is repeated at the end. But regardless, repetition is a way to make a point of something. And usually the thing we would make a point of is what's central to the song or central to the poem. And therefore it makes sense that our song title would come from that or our poem title would come from that. So really refrains are this holdover from poetry but they often are still used. They're used less than they used to because before the rise of the chorus, uh, which probably was approximately, I think we talked about it last week, but I think the chorus kind of rose in popularity quite a bit in like the 50s. So before then, we had songs that would just have refrains. Great example of a refrain is the times there are changing. That song just, there's like four or five verses. That's it. But every verse ends with the times they are changing. Then there's a whole new verse the times they are a changing. It's just a part of the verse, but every last line of the verse has the same melody, which makes sense because it's part of the verse. So the last line should have the same melody. And more importantly, has the same lyric. And that's what gives the song its identity. That's why the song's called The Times They Are a Changing. Uh, technically, you could even consider a single word a type of refrain. You could make an argument that like in the song Night Swimming by R.E.M., that just the word night swimming is sort of a refrain. Uh, I believe Night Swimming Deserves a Quiet Night is repeated exactly like twice in the song. So you could argue that line is a refrain. But overall, refrain is to give parallelism between verses. Um, so when should we utilize a refrain? If your song doesn't have a chorus, a refrain can help give the song identity and focus via repetition, right? If you just remove the line, the times that they are changing from the end of every verse in the song, the times they are changing, all of a sudden the song feels aimless without any identity at all. Like literally go like copy and paste the lyrics into a document and then just remove it and say, what is the song about now? And it would totally lose its identity, right? So that's, that's one way, uh, which also friendly reminder, your songs do not have to have choruses. I know it's the most important song section generally today. That doesn't mean that every single one of your songs should have one. Some songs don't need one. Some songs uh, would be better off without one. Sometimes it can be just be a fun way to mix things up. Um, but oftentimes a refrain is something that maybe should come in its stead. Although you also can have a chorus and a refrain, right? You could have every verse open with the same line, uh, but also have a chorus. Or every verse end with the same line, like the times they are changing, but also still have a chorus. Uh, another time we should utilize a refrain is to create a stronger connection between verses and then also to highlight a specific part of the verse content. And how should we utilize a refrain? Add parallels between verses, create a stronger bond between the verses. Okay. So last, let's just blast through a few alternative sections. Uh, so chorus two, bridge two, and finale. And make your own, <laughs> uh, which really finale is sort of a make your own. Um, so, but it's my own, make my own. So 
first, chorus two. A chorus two can vary from a chorus with all... Basically, it, it can either be something as minor as it's the chorus. It just has alternate lyrics. I would call that an alt chorus, though, or an alternate chorus. This is your quintessential, you know, you, ha you have a chorus, it repeats three or four times, but the final chorus of the song, it changes the lyrics. This is very common. I would call that just an alt chorus, not a chorus two. I think either label is fine, but just like with the refrain, I like separating it from like, hey, when I say refrain, I don't mean a chorus. I would just say chorus if I meant chorus. In the same way that, you know, if I if I order a coffee, I mean coffee. I don't mean espresso. I don't mean an ice mocha. I would say those things if that's what I wanted. So when I say coffee, I don't mean the genre of drink coffee. I mean the specific drink that is a coffee. And in my case, it's implied a black coffee because I don't do cream and sugar because I'm a man. No, because I just trained myself to like it because I didn't want I didn't want a coffee to be an unhealthy drink. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to train myself to like it black. And now it is legitimately I prefer black, which you don't care at all. I don't even know why I said that. Um, anyway, so technically a chorus with alternate lyrics could be considered a chorus too. Um, but really the way I look at a chorus too is as a, a second song section that also operates as a chorus, often right after chorus one. Arguably, this is essentially a post-chorus that has become its own true section rather than simply an addition or an add-on to the chorus. So it, basically, a you could see a chorus two as a post-chorus that is maybe equally as long as the chorus or certainly longer than what you would normally consider to be a post-chorus and have more fleshed out lyrics. We talked about how post-chorus usually is just a single hook uh, you know, one line that's just repeated over and over again, sometimes doesn't even have lyrics. If your chorus two is basically a whole song section, it's roughly as long as your chorus. And it also isn't just a bridge, it repeats, right? So let's say you have something where it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus two, bridge, chorus, chorus two, end of song, right? At that point, it clearly is more of a post-chorus than just a bridge, um, but it's a fully, fully fleshed out song section that has fully fleshed out lyrics, not just a hook and is longer. I would argue that's the true chorus too. Uh, so, something I think of for this is No Surprise by Daughtry. To me, is like the epitome of what I'm talking about here, where there's a clear just second chorus that after, from the I believe from the second chorus on, uh, meaning second repetition of the chorus. So first time you hear it, it doesn't have this second chorus added on. But the second time you hear it, there is a second chorus added on. Uh, confusing terms, I know. But but um, from then on, it always comes after the chorus. So it's kind of like a post-chorus, but it is a fully fleshed out song section, unlike a, a true post-chorus. Then there's bridge two, right? Which is really just a, a second bridge. This can be a great way to have a longer song that stays interesting or to fit a lot of story without verse boredom. So uh, the more you repeat something, the more likely boredom of that thing is going to set in. This is probably intuitive, right? We can't, even though the chorus is the best part of the song, you can't just have the chorus be the only section of the song and it just repeats for four minutes and that's your song. 
people are going to go crazy by a minute and a half in, if you're lucky, probably. So we all know this to be the case, even if we're not actively thinking about it. So it's pretty difficult to pull off uh, any more than three verses in a song. But let's say you need more story than just what three verses can provide, and your theme is in the chorus. So what else do you do? Well, one bridge helps, but let's say you have more story to tell. What if you have a second bridge? For longer songs, it's actually fairly common to do something like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge one, bridge two, verse three, chorus. And to go to the new old parlance, that would be new, new, old, old, new, new, old, old, which gives you quite a quite a bit of new considering you have a bunch of song sections there and fully fleshed out song sections too. We're not even including pre-choruses and post-choruses that you also could have in there. Um, and then if, if you were to look at like the, the, the distance between last repetition of sections, you would have new, new, right? Verse, chorus. And then you would have two, because your verse is repeating, but it's not repeating directly, right? It's, it was two sections ago because the chorus was the section previous. Then you have a chorus. That's another two because you had a verse right before the chorus, but before that was the first chorus. And then you have a new section and another new section. And then you have four because you had two bridges and a chorus since the last verse by the time you get to verse three. So by the time you get to verse three, you're probably ready to hear verse three again, and you're not going to be bored of the verse at all. It's been a while since you've heard the verse. And then by the time you hear the final rendition of the chorus, it's been forever since you've heard the chorus. It's also been, it was four song sections ago, the last time you heard the chorus. It was probably half the song ago. So this can be a great way to keep a song interesting, especially if there's a long song. Um... And then, and then finally, the finale. So I talk about the finale just to, uh, for two reasons. One, I think it's, I, I use it a lot because I think, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, so, so, you know, go, go use it. <laughs> but also, uh, just to inspire you of like, hey, you can start to put together like your own sort of song section ideas and try something new. Nobody said you have to stick with verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, right? Or, or even pre-chorus and post-chorus. Uh, you can sort of create your own song section. So what is a finale? So for, for the record, if you look up a finale, you're not going to find anything. Or you're going to find things that don't sound like what I'm describing. And it sounds like they're talking about like a grand finale for a concert or something else. Because really what I'm talking about is specifically a song section finale. Um, so when I say song section finale, it's more than just a, a general musical concept. So in the way that a chorus is opinionated and a bridge is opinionated and a, you know, chorus two versus a post chorus is opinionated, right? The reason we can have discussions about like, okay, technically a chorus is a refrain, but when we call it a chorus rather than a refrain it has specific tendencies that make something a chorus. There's a reason why we can have a discussion about what really is a song section operating as. Is it really a bridge or is it really a chorus? Is because of certain um, rules that exist around a song section that really make it what it is. So a finale is when, when I realized, hey, it's not really a thing. Or it's very rare where a song's musical climax and story climax are one and the same. Because I've talked about this 
I think we talked about in the last episode, but the chorus is usually the musical climax of the song, right? And it repeats. The bridge is often the story climax of the song, where the story comes to a head, because usually the chorus is dealing with themes rather than story. And then a bridge doesn't repeat, usually. Worship music is like the only music on the planet I've ever heard it repeat. Um, I would argue that a bridge by nature doesn't repeat, and once you repeat a bridge, it's not really a bridge, but whatever. Uh, at some point, it becomes like a chorus too or a post-chorus, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so a chorus is a musical climax that repeats. A bridge is a story climax that doesn't repeat. But what if we had a song section that was both the musical climax of the song and the story climax of the song and doesn't repeat, and it just plays once at the end? That's how I define a finale. Now, I've gotten comments before about like, Joseph, that's just a coda, but it's not. A coda to a finale is the same as a refrain to a chorus. Yes, it's true. Every single chorus is a refrain. And in the same way, yes, every single finale technically is a coda. But a coda is a completely unopinionated thing. A coda can literally be like, if you ever looked at, a say, music in an old songbook or a hymnal or anything like that, there are times where there's a, a coda, which is a like a, a sheet music concept, really, that literally is just like, hey, the final repetition of the chorus, play this chord instead of the normal chord that you had for the final measure of the song. So it can be literally one chord long, or a coda can be 30 minutes long. It could be just repeating the same line over and over again. It could be story driven. It could be, it could be just be a musical outro, right? That has no lyrics at all. It is a completely unopinionated thing. Coda literally is just thing that happens at the end of the song that didn't happen earlier in the song or you know, sheet music wise. So oftentimes, it, like an outro, it is music you've heard before technically, but it's just a way to say, hey, after the last repetition of the chorus or the couplet of verse chorus or something, go, go do this other thing and then the song's over. So really it's a sheet music concept. One, two, it's very unopinionated, just like a refrain. A finale is very opinionated. Now, it's my opinion because I made it up, <laughs> but like that's not, that's not really the point, right? As, as I define it, when I'm thinking through, hey, I want to create a finale for this song, this is how I'm thinking it through. I'm thinking it through as like, you know, uh, my song might end up looking like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, finale, or verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, finale, where... It's, it sort of is the effect of what usually movies and stories do, right? The climax is at the end, and then at the end of the story, at the, we'll use the prestige again. At the end of the, the prestige, my mind was blown, and I kind of was like, oh my goodness, what just happened? I want to watch that whole movie again. The finale should give that similar effect. Normally, with a song, the highlight of the song is the chorus, and you've already heard it at least three times when the song is done. So you're probably like, yeah, I'm ready to not hear that anymore. I'm ready to be done with the song because I heard the best part of the song three times in four minutes or four times in four, three minutes or sometimes these days five times in two and a half minutes. I'm ready for it to be done. But if you thought, hey, the chorus was the highlight, but then at the end of the song, there's a song section that's even more killer and it wraps up the story and then the song just ends and it leaves you with like you had only you only heard the best part of the song once and then it's done as, as just a totally different 
song structure that just commonly isn't used. Um, so anyway, I, I meant for that to not be a sales pitch for a finale this time, but I'm so passionate about it. I think it is a, a missed opportunity that as far as I can tell, it's something I made up. Uh, there are some artists that have codas, outros, final song sections that sort of do what I'm talking about with a finale or certain elements of it. Like I would argue the don't stop believing section and of don't stop believing is sort of a finale. It's not uh, completely because it repeats at the end. Um, and it's also not story driven. So ultimately I would argue it's not, but it, it kind of is part of what made me think of this idea is like, you know, because Don't Stop Believing does save the best part of the song, the Don't Stop Believing part, just for the end. It's only at the end, uh, which I think a lot of people forget. Uh, the way it's done is not the way that I usually utilize finales, but that was sort of the start of the idea of, huh, I kind of like that idea of leaving the best part for the end and then calling it a day before people get sick of it. So they kind of are left wanting more. Anyway, you can do something similar to what I just talked through. Right where you're thinking about what other opportunities are there for me to create a different song section that other people either don't use much or really doesn't exist outside of your own invention, you can go do that. And it can be super effective, right? I can't give you ideas of what they could be besides the finale because that's the only one that I've made up. But theoretically, right, there's a whole bunch of different ideas that we could pick and choose, Um, you know, like... I, I don't know, a verse that keeps the same lyrics every time and then the chorus changes. I don't know. That sounds terrible as soon as I say it. But you know what? Maybe it could be made to work. The idea is don't feel constrained to the song sections that exist. At some point, a chorus was brand new to music. I know it's hard to imagine now, right? At some point, a bridge was new to music. At some point, a pre-chorus was new to music and a post-chorus was new to music. And now these things are just, you know, constant everywhere. Right. And then there's the other side. Refrains were a huge thing before. Now, refrains that aren't pre courses, post courses, uh, or courses are, I wouldn't say dead, but heavily underutilized. So things come and go. Things can change. At some point, every song section was invented. Who's to say you can't invent the next one? That is killer. So hopefully, this was helpful to you. If it was, best thing you can do to help me out. Leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. I'm not going to make the intro long. I know this episode went long. Hopefully it was worth it. I know we talked about a lot. If you haven't already, don't forget songwritertheory.com slash free guide for a guide that gives you five different ways to start a song from a lyrical standpoint, five from a musical standpoint. Great way to keep the muse around or to get the muse back if you've lost it. Thanks again for listening and I'll talk to you in the next one.